Hey guys, this is Bruce, and this is Convo Courses. We're going to be talking about some cybersecurity, um, particularly how to put cybersecurity bullets on your resume if you happen to be an IT person or if you're in any other industry. I'm going to show you like what, how to find keywords, where do you find, how do you know if you've ever even done cybersecurity, and what are like the main things you want to put on your resume. This is a part of a course that I'm doing. If you are interested in deep diving into this course, like dipping your toe in this course, then what you can do is you can find it at convocourses.com where I have a free introduction to this course. Let me just show you what I'm talking about. Convocourses.com. There we go. Convocourses.com. And if you go to I got a bunch of other free courses but this recent one is specifically about what to how to put information that's cybersecurity related on your resume the free course is out there but I'm doing one that's much much deeper it's just going to take me a while to do it here it is right here and it's just a few videos of of um how to how to word things on your resume you might have already actually seen it on my youtube channel if you didn't know uh, go to youtube convocourses.com you can check me out there and i talk about risk management framework information system security officer work cybersecurity stuff in general that's the kind of stuff i, I talk about all right so uh got a few people watching right now doing something a little bit different it's going to be interesting um i'm broadcasting on different channels to see what that see what goes on with that another thing um, on my channel I get a lot of people asking me uh, about uh, some videos I've done in the past about how to avoid dating scams if you're interested in that I got a free course on relationship.thinkific.com where I talk about exact it's free it's 10 videos where I walk you through how to actually avoid uh, romance scammers online i know a lot about this because i did it for a while i mean i wasn't a romance scammer i got scammed a few times <laughs> uh, as i was going on the dating sites but I, I learned how to actually avoid it but if you're interested in that um, go ahead and check that out for free it's relationship.thinkific.com all right let's get into this uh let me get into where was i i was i was looking at cis controls that's probably what you guys are interested in. CIS controls, and I'm going to show you how to break this down, how to understand it, and how to put this on your resume. Then, after we're done with this, I'm going to open up this to questions, any kind of questions you have. Maybe I'll just go into my questions that uh, people have emailed me so that we can get this started. All right. So what you're looking at here are what's called uh, CIS security controls. This is a industry standard many different organizations companies public and private use cis controls and you might know it as uh, you might be familiar with cis benchmark that's where this is where they get the controls from so you're looking at like basically the families of all the different controls that you need to do why are we looking at this well this is how you can identify what you have done as a security person um, and what to put on your resume. So let me give you an example. 
So what you want to do on your resume is you want to identify what you did, the action, what was the impact to the organization, and then the keywords. That's what you want to do. So I've identified some here for vulnerability management. That's in the course that I'm developing. But what I'm going to do is I want to start one from scratch. I'm going to delete this that we did about that I did about inventory stuff, and I'm going to start just typing here to show you what I'm talking about. Let's say that you are an IT person. You've done some kind of IT work. You've done some kind of configuration management work. You've done some kind of um, some kind of program management work, but you're trying to get into cybersecurity. I get a lot of these questions uh, from people from all different walks of life, all different industries. Mostly, it's people in IT trying to get into cybersecurity. Here's how you do it. So you go to. Let me go back to where was I? Here we go. CIS controls is just one place that you can go, by the way. There's many other methods of, to the madness, and we'll touch on those in the course. But let's look at number six. Let me, let me hold up. Let me move my face out of the way here. There we go. Number six right here that you're looking at. And this is maintenance, monitoring, and ana analysis of audit logs. Okay. So first off, what does that mean? Let's let's just kind of dive into what that means. So what I've done is I've gone to the cissecurity.org website, and now what we're going to look at is audit. And this is going to take us to exactly what it's talking about. Here it is right here. Audit logs, maintenance, audit logs. And it looks like it has a, a section on audit logs, on what you do with many different aspects of audit logs. You've got... Uh, making sure that the time source is correct, activating the actual audit logs on the system, enabling the detailed audit logs, central log management, SIEM uh, log analytics. There's lots of different things that you can look at here to identify exactly what you have done as an IT person. I myself um, have done many of these things. I'm by no means... An expert on all of them but I have done little bits and pieces of many of these so what you want to do is find out what you've done with audit logs now, if you don't know what audit logs are you may know it by a different name event logs uh, is another one audit trails is another name for it but audit logs is probably the most common name um, you got audit logs on many different systems uh, from Linux systems to Windows systems to whatever right so what we're going to do is start off with something simple, like activating the actual audit logs. So if you've ever configured a system, you're an IT person, and you have configured a system before, more than likely you have had to turn on the audit logs. That is a security bullet statement that you can put on your resume that people will actually look for. When I say people are looking for, organizations who are looking for you. They're looking for your skill set. But you have to identify your cybersecurity skill set on your resume, and that's what we're talking about. So how do we word that? How, we, how do we say the action? What action did you take to actually make this happen? First of all, let's say, let's just name this audit log statements. This is stuff that's going to go on your resume. Now, if you have ever done the following, 
I'm just gonna kind of keep it high level here. If you have ever turned on audit logs, and that means you configured a system and you had to go into the back end of the system in the configuration security and then turn on audit logs, that's you. If you have ever had to analyze audit logs, that's another one. If you have ever had to um, turn on or off the audit logs, if you've ever had to um, manage space, manage storage for audit logs, if you've had to troubleshoot audit logs, If you've done anything with audit logs, this is something you should put on your resume because it is relevant. And security um, technical recruiters are looking for these kinds of things. And now, how do we word this? Let's say that you have configured a system and you had to turn on audit logs while you're configuring that system and you were working the help desk, right? So you would say something like enabled event logs event logs let's wait hold on let's let's call it let's let's call it audit logs because that's a, a better keyword but we'll get to event logs later uh, event logs on let's say you had to do it on red hat systems red hat linux systems red hat linux servers on uh let's say you work for on penrose medical systems okay that's that's the action right so we've got the action now we got to get the impact and we got to get the keywords let's start with the impact so when you turn on those audit logs, first off, let me hold up. Let me, uh, let me remove my face here. There we go. So when you turned on those audit logs, now you got to think to yourself, what was the impact of what I did? What was the impact? What is the impact? Think to yourself for a second. What will be the impact? Why would you want to turn on audit logs? Why would you want to turn on audit logs? Just, just think to yourself, why would you want to? So for one thing, an organization needs the audit logs turned on to detect security incidents. Like something happens on the, like let's say as malware, there's a virus on your network. One of the main ways that you would, you could detect it would be the audit logs. So that's one thing that, that's one reason you might want to have audit logs on. Another thing is, is you want to know who logged on and who logged off of the system, especially on critical systems. If you have a server and it has very important information on it, you want to know at all times who logs into it, that system, and who logs off of it. So that's another really important reason you would want to have uh, audit, not only audit logs, but uh, audit logs with the correct time, uh, time stamp, time date stamp on it. So that's another reason. So we got security incidents. We got, we need. We also talked about accountability. Who who logged in? Who logged off? Who did what? So those are the two main reasons. So what is the impact of turning on these audit logs? Well, it allows the organization 
to, to, to detect security events. So let's put that on there. So we said enabled audit logs on Red Hat servers on Penrose, let's say at, oh, well, on, yes, on, that's right, on Penrose. So we'll clean it up later. To allow, no, let's say allowing the, we want active uh, language here, allowing the organization organization to detect possible possible security incidents all right now look at this we've got our action here's what we did it's security related we found that via cis security controls then the impact the impact was it allowed the organization to detect possible security incidents now let's focus on the keywords keywords when we're thinking keywords we're thinking what do organizations want from employees as far as skill set what are they looking for they're looking for specific things like right here we put red hat servers so that's actually a pretty good keywords we're letting them know right away we have experience with red hat this could have been windows 20 2016 it could have been mac os it could have been whatever right just we want to specify what we have the skill set on so that's a, a keyword this right here audit logs is also a keyword key phrase what do you want to call it um it, here's another one the organization you worked at could be a keyword because uh what if you worked at uh, google or if you worked at microsoft or if you worked at NASA. Some of these are pretty prestigious places to work for. So if they, if an, if a recruiter or a, an organization sees that, they might say, oh yeah, this is, Bruce worked here, so that's that's pretty good. Or, hey, I worked at a medical uh, place, so maybe they know a little bit about dealing with medical data. So, which is important. Anyway, so we got three keywords here. And then we don't want to just say organization. We want to, as many times as possible, we want to use keywords. So right here, we can say allowing the, let's see, uh, the hospital medical facility. That gives us, it's telling them, hey, we worked at a medical facility, you know, it's met, we know we may know HIPAA, we know, may know how to deal with, we know how the staff works. Okay, so medical facility to possible security incidents. And you know how to deal with security incidents. So there you go. There's a few keywords in there. Now, what else can we do? We've turned off, uh, uh, turned on audit logs, that's good. Analyze audits, okay. How can we slip this into how can we put this in there? Let's let's think about this. So we want to tell them what actions we did with analyzing audit logs. Now, if you happen to have ever done help desk work or server work or whatever, there comes a time when you have to look at the audit logs, even if it's not security related. A lot of times when a system goes down and you're troubleshooting it, the best way to know 
how to fix it is to go into the logs. I mean, it's the best way. The logs tell you exactly why the system went down a lot of times. So you got to go into the back end. You got to look at the application logs, or you may have to look into the system logs, and maybe even sometimes the security logs to see why did this system shut down uh, abruptly without any kind of scheduling. So what we want to put here is what we did. So we analyzed. Event logs. Let's let's kind of use another another uh, keyword. Event logs for when on Windows 2016 server on critical. Let's say critical. Let's make sure that they know this was an important. This wasn't just any system. This was a critical system for critical Windows. 2016 servers to to troubleshoot ongoing issues and to assist with security investigations. Inventions, <laughs> investigations. There we go. So a couple keywords here. We got event logs. So we're slipping that in there because Windows calls uh, audit logs event logs. And then we've got Windows 2016 server. That's a, that's a keyword. Troubleshooting could be a keyword depending on what what job you're trying to do. And then we, we've got the security features in there, security investigations. Analyzed event logs on critical Windows 26. So there you go. So we got these two covered. So that's great. That's great. So let me show you how you can get even more, even more great information on your resume. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to LinkedIn and I'm gonna type in, I'm gonna type in audit logs. So there's a couple things we can do here. We can look at actual jobs. We can look at people's actual, actual people's resumes and get some ideas off of them. Um, like this person here, he's got information on what he's done here, but this guy's like a founder, or CIO, so you know, this is not, it's no good. No good, we need regular people with regular resumes. So let's see what we got here. And then you also need somebody who actually put stuff in their resume, because a lot of people, they don't like fill out their resume, unfortunately. So let's say audit, okay, he doesn't have anything. I don't, I'm not seeing it. I don't know why his, his name came up if there's no audit. Oh, here we go. It's logs, it's just logs, logs. Here we go. See this? See how you can look at the person's wording. How did they word it? How did they word this? Why is this person coming up in the top 20 searches when I type in audit logs, right? There's gotta be a reason. They got log analysis, they got DNS log, they got VPN logs, they got, 
what I'm trying to get you to think about is this is one another way that you can extract some information on what keywords to use and what how to phrase what you want to put in your resume when it comes to the CIS controls or any kind of controls. Not it's not this is not specifically for just CIS controls. The CIS controls we're only using to identify what controls to use, what um, what to use. So when we're looking at this right here, we're just trying to determine okay. What can I use on my resume? What have I done? What have I done as a security person to uh, to put on? What can I put on my resume as far as security is concerned? So that's what this is giving us. Another place that you can look for is the NIST family of controls. See all these controls right here? Each one of these gives you more and more information on how on what you have done. Like it'll identify. I guarantee you, if you've done IT for some time, you have done some, one, or probably all of these things. <laughs> Most of these things you have done before, you just don't know what you've done, and you don't know how to identify it, and that's why I'm doing the course, so I can help you break it down and help you have language to put it in there, what to look for, how to, how to find the words you want to use it. For example, audit logs is all in this one right here. This, this security control right here, this family of controls, breaks everything down every aspect that you can think of that's dealing with audit controls audit logs uh, events uh, stores capacity timestamps non-repudiation all this stuff that can be uh, very helpful to you if you've ever written a policy where it talks about how your organization deals with audit logs here this this is where you can break it all down. And so um, this, is a, this is a really good one to go through. Really good one to go through uh, to get more and more information. And so that is what I'm going to be expanding on. I'm going to be going in great detail on how you can actually do this yourself for many different aspects of your Security controls. Let me see if anybody's watching me. I cannot. I'm doing something different here, so I'm like having a hard time seeing what's going on. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm trying to see if there's anybody on YouTube watching. Normally, I have a few people asking questions and stuff. And while I'm looking for that, let me see if I can bring up some questions that people have have asked me. Uh, let me see here. I had some pretty good questions that people have sent to me that I want to answer. If this is your first time watching this, I am uh, in the IT space right now. I'm not just IT, but cybersecurity. I do this for a living. So what I've decided to do is help people, help people out, help people to uh, navigate this field of cybersecurity. So you can feel free to ask me questions when I'm on lives. Uh, go check out my free courses at convocourses.com and you can get an inside look at how to get into cybersecurity. How does it work? Is it for you? Like it might be like, it sounds interesting. It sounds like it makes good money, but is this something that I, you can see yourself doing? That's the kind of, those are the kind of people that I wanna help out. So that's, that's the whole purpose of this whole site is to help people to navigate cybersecurity and all aspects of it. All right, I'm looking for questions right now. 
looking for questions. I know I had a couple, and I think I already answered this one. Charles says, hello, I was wondering how much knowledge of computers do you need in order to get a job in cybersecurity dealing with uh, dealing with risk management? Uh, if you want to get a certification in CompTIA Security Plus, excuse me, would I, would I need to be knowledgeable in A plus or be able to know how to hack? I'm getting a bachelor's degree in information assurance, criminal justice, education, and interdisciplinary studies. Uh, would that help? Okay. He's got a couple, seems like he's got a couple questions here. And I think I actually answered this one last week about interdisciplinary studies, but let me be more specific on this one uh, because I think that this question, there's a few questions here that, that I can answer a little bit better than I did last week. So he says, First question is, I was wondering how much knowledge of computers do you need in order to get a job in cybersecurity dealing with risk management? Okay, so that's a good question. Risk management, typically you need, it's, it's like a second tier job. Because here's, here's why I say that. Even though it doesn't, it, it's, it doesn't have to be super technical. Here's the thing about risk management framework. It's, it's a lot of management type stuff it's a lot of meetings it's a lot of um documentation it's not like a lot of hands-on configuring systems usually but I've, i have done both before on in certain uh roles but risk management itself requires you to have kind of like be a jack of all trades um and that's why it's kind of like a second tier type position meaning you should already have some it experience before you get in the risk management framework. Here's what I would say. There's a couple things that I always ask people whenever they ask me about risk management. Number one, are you a U.S. citizen? The reason why that's important because most risk management jobs, many risk management jobs require you to be a U.S. citizen because they require you to be eligible for some type of security clearance. Now, that being said, you do have public trust clearances and you do have jobs that don't actually require uh, a security clearance by no if you don't have a if you can't get a clearance because you're not a citizen it's going to be much harder to get a risk management job uh another thing for risk management is this shouldn't be your first job in it and the reason i said because an, a risk management person needs to have a very, pretty solid understanding of information technology so typically a person comes from either being in it for some time like a couple years in IT, like a help desk job or customer support for doing IT and stuff like that. So you have an understanding of things like you have a very solid foundation for networking, for fixing how computers work, hardware, how the software works. You have a fundamental understanding of that. Those are needed because you have to know how a person could exploit certain weaknesses and you have to be able to identify certain weaknesses and security best practices and why you need those security best practices um that to just expand on that why are risk management people usually not super technical or why is there a mixture of some people who are technical and some people are not uh meaning hands when i say technical i mean like hands-on uh it's because it's dealing with a lot of regulations 
like it's dealing with a lot of like federal regulations or state regulations or industry standard regulations and stuff like that. And then you have to really know a lot of that kind of stuff and how it applies to IT. And that's why you need kind of both of those things. And I hope that answers your question. I would say uh, be a U.S. citizen, be eligible for a, a security clearance, uh, have about one year, one solid year of some sort of IT hands-on experience so you know, understand IT. And other things they look for is like a bachelor's degree, but I've seen people have not have a bachelor's degree, so that's kind of it depends. And then sometimes they'll look for like a, a certification of some type. You mentioned Security Plus. That's usually one of the ones they look for or a CAP or CISSP or CASP. Those are some of the top ones right there. So let me answer your next question. You said, if I want to get a certification in IT, if I want to get a certification in CompTIA Security Plus, would I need to know the A plus or, uh, or it be able to hack? Um, if we want to get, so you're asking a question about Security Plus. So Security Plus um, has some requirements, which I can bring up right now. Let me see. Security Plus requirements. Requirements. Um, I don't think you have to have the A plus certification uh, to get to the the Security Plus. Um, I I do know that there are prerequisites, but I think it has to do with like being in the industry in IT for like two years. I think that's one of the requirements. I'm um, just kind of going off the top of my head here. Um, okay, here we go. Although Security Plus, let me see if you can see that. Make sure you can see that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. CompTIA covers network security concepts, threat, vulnerability, access control, identity, uh, identity management, cryptography, and more. Although CompTIA, and here it is right here. Although CompTIA does not impose, I hate these damn things. Although CompTIA does not impose any prerequisites. Okay, there you go. There's no prerequisites. The organization recommends the CERT candidate obtain a secure a Network Plus credential and have at least two years of IT administration experience uh, with, a f with a security focus. So there you go. So to answer your question, uh, there's no re prerequisites. You don't have to have an A+. They recommend that you have two years of experience. They recommend that you take the Network Plus. That said, having taken it a couple times, I took the old one, and then I had to retake it to like teach the new version of the test like years ago. So having, having had the Security Plus for a very long time, I would say you need to go in before you take it. I would have like a year of experience in IT, any kind of IT experience. And then I would have, or six months, like six, you don't even need a lot of experience for it, but it's really helpful to actually have some grasp of how IT works. And then another thing is like, and that, that includes network stuff. I don't, you don't have to do a network plus, you don't really have to, but if you, you need to know networking to some extent. And um, what else would I say for security plus? You could really just walk in cold and take it. It's not super hard of a test. Um, 
you could just read a bunch of books, study online, watch videos, and you could probably take it. But I don't recommend that. You should really have hands-on experience to get um, a better grasp of what you're doing. So that would be my recommendation to you. So let me let me see your your last question here. Your last question was, oh, and do you need to be able to hack? No, you don't. You would not need to be able to hack to take the security plus. That's for sure. Um, some knowing some concepts uh, about hacking would, is helpful because they 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 will go into that. They'll go into like threat, uh, threat different cybersecurity threats, different cybersecurity vulnerabilities different kind of malware, they will go into those things, but you don't have to actually have a hands-on knowledge of hacking. Um, okay, so next question you said was, I am also getting a bachelor's in information assurance, criminal justice, and education with interdisciplinary studies. Would that help? Yeah, you know, any kind of education you get helps. Any kind of degrees you get definitely helps there's nothing there's no replacement for as i say all the time on the channel there's no replacement for uh, experience that's the very very best thing you can get but uh the bachelor's degree is definitely helpful and information assurance is a very good one to get criminal justice eh. so i have a criminal justice degree uh probably the only thing that i would say has helped me on is my experience as a physical doing physical security has helped me but criminal justice itself hasn't really helped a lot. Not, not, not really. Uh, there's some. There's very. There's a little bit of crossing over between cybersecurity policy and compliance and criminal justice. In that some of the laws. There's some laws that you would know on one or the other. Like um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, not FISMA, but there's a there's a couple of criminal. Uh, there's a couple of laws that talk about if you were to hack into this system, how many years you'd get <laughs> in prison. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's a couple of laws that kind of cross over from one to the other. But overall, you don't need a criminal justice degree. It's, really, it's just really not going to help that much. Education would help you to be a teacher if you happen to do want to teach information assurance or computer science or uh, something like that. That would help, but... Hope that answers your questions, Charles. And uh, let me see if there's any other questions. I know that sometimes I'll get questions in the in my chat. So let me um, just bear with me, guys. I need to bring up the chat for a second. Just gonna do that real quick. Bringing up the chat. Where is it? I'm actually not seeing it. Um. <laughs> If you guys have any questions before I let you go, just uh, feel free to ask. I am right now looking for the chat box that's on OBS, and I'm not seeing it, so don't know what happened with that. But I know another way to get it. Let me see here. Everybody having a good, um, what are you guys doing for uh, 4th of July? Happy 4th of July, by the way. I'm just going to be sticking around with the family. I might go protest the 4th of July. <laughs> uh, let me see here. I'm looking for comments. I know people are chatting to me right now, but I'm 
having trouble looking for getting my chat. Bear with me. Get your questions ready. I'm actually have to go to my actual, my own personal live that I'm on right now to make sure that I can see your chat. There we go. Holy crap, I got a lot of people asking me questions here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. Dang. All right. So I got some questions. JJ, what's going on? Least privileged reports. Uh, is this from last time we talked? Holy crap. All right, I'll start from the bottom. SS, how you doing? Says, um, getting into ISO knowledge for the fourth. That's good. Uh, let me see. The real Blackula. <laughs> I like that name. Says, uh, what's good, Combo Courses? I'm studying for AWS Solutions Architecture Associate. Then the AWS Solutions Architect Professional. Are there a lot of jobs in this field? Yeah, I, this there's a lot of jobs in this field. Um, cloud computing is is super hot right now, and it pays really well. And there's not enough of us to do to do the job to do the work. It's just it's just like this technology is exploding, and everyone's using it, and it's in high demand. And there's just not enough of us to do to do it. And then a lot of Amer of Americans, you know, they always they are saying like, well, there's no jobs and and uh, now they're canceling the H-1B to, to cancel people from coming to the country so that they can't take American jobs or whatever. But to be honest with you, in my experience, having done this over 20 years, there's not enough of us to do it. And there's not enough Americans who want to do IT work. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. So I guess it's just not cool. It doesn't make enough money. I don't know. But we just don't have enough people to do the work. So it's to answer your question, yes, it's super hot right now. And I can I can actually show you some stuff that's gonna blow your mind. Um, if you go to check this out, check this out. If you want to know if it's hot or not, if you just go cloud, cloud computing jobs. So right here. Uh, Google has this new feature well where it'll actually search if you say jobs anything it comes up with this little app right here Look at this. I did not type in AWS all I typed in was cloud computing and AWS came up one of the jobs look at all these AWS jobs See that all those all those Amazon ones you see are all AWS It's super competitive, and it's all over the place I mean, it's just hot I don't know what to say is it's super hot and then if you say check this here's another one I'll show you I showed this on a previous video it said top IT paying jobs chop what I want to say is top paying jobs in IT now watch this so here's one article that talks about it now, last time I looked at this, it had cloud compute. There it is right there. Cloud engineer, there's one of them. Um, this might be old, actually. I wonder if this is old. Yeah, this is from last year. It's not that old, but the last one I got had just back-to-back -back 
cloud computing on it. Product manager, artificial intelligence, full stack developer, cloud architect. So on almost every list you can think of, we're talking about hot jobs, cloud computing comes up. It's just on the rise, it's hot, it's everywhere. And, and it's, it's, there's a huge need for it. Here's another one, watch this. Top IT certifications, 2020. Now watch this one. Check this out. Virtualization, cloud computing, cloud architect, AWS certified. Uh, this, is, this is security stuff, security stuff. Project management, security stuff, security, cloud, cloud. ITIL, that's bullshit, but whatever. Um, cloud computing, cloud computing, um, Centrix, routing, switching, and more virtualization, which is cloud stuff. So yeah, cloud is super hot. So that's a good one to get into, Blackula. Very smart move. Okay, Kiko says, uh, not the exam, but having the certification. Okay, I'm, I'm catching the last part of your question. So I'm just going to start from the top and work my way down. JJ says, what's up, Bruce? Uh, least, least privilege. Um, let me see. Somebody said, appreciate it. Question about what... What cloud-based security certifications would you recommend for an engineer who's delving, who's delving a great deal into cloud solutions? Um, I would say, like, if we're looking at cloud stuff, here's a lot of what people are looking for. Cloud certification. There's three that I would recommend. One of these three. AWS, Google's cloud profession. This one right here. Uh, and then the other one is one by um, ISC Squared that does cloud computing, but I don't. I think it's uh, vendor neutral. Like in, in other words, it doesn't go in specifically into this or that. It doesn't go into this or that vendor. It's just it tells you like the common knowledge of cloud computing. Let me see if I can find what what it is I'm talking about. It's called ISC Two Squared to Cloud computing and I, I don't think that this is the top certification to be honest with you I think it's probably AWS or Google but this one I think should do pretty good because it's it's vendor neutral so you could use either you could use either Google or you could use uh, AWS so Let me see here. Any other questions? Okay, SS says, hey Bruce, just wanna let you know, um, I'm starting a, the my next job in two weeks. Your ISO, your ISO and security control program really helped me out. Well. That's great, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I need to put your put your endorsement on my on my site. Give me more people to get into it. it says uh, even your free videos are great. Highly recommended. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. If you have any questions, 
on your way up, let me know. What's the difference between an ISO and an ISSM? Okay, this is an easy one. But, um, the heck is going on? I think my wind is just like picked up upstairs. It's weird. Hear some like crazy noises upstairs. I have to go up and shut this thing off in a second. Okay, anyway, what is the main difference between an ISO and an ISSM? Okay, so one, an ISO is um, Information System Security Officer. And an ISSM is an information system security manager. The difference is normally the, the ISSO is a subordinate to the ISSM. The ISSM is usually somebody who is appointed by C-level execs. They're, they're appointed by the CIO or the office of the CIO or somebody high up. And they, they are... Uh, given their appointment and their responsibilities by written like a written letter saying that this person is the, the ISSM and they're they're doing things like they're they're going to meetings determining if the security controls that you're putting on the system meet the re business requirements um, they're looking at things like what's our budget for this quarter did we uh, they're looking at things like did we complete um, everything we're supposed to do in our organization or for our company. Um, they're looking out for the interest of the company who's doing the controls, the organization who's doing the requirements. They're doing all management type stuff, dealing with procurement, money, making sure that everybody has what they need to do their job. And they are the boss or the supervisor of the information system security officer. And they, the information system security manager, usually appoints the information system security officer. They're the person who hires them, supervises, and or manages the information system security officer. The information system security officer, as you probably already know, is the person who is interpreting the controls to make sure that the organization is meeting the standards or the federal guidelines that they're supposed to do. Uh, like if they're in, if they're doing it for the Department of Defense, there's certain rules that they have to abide by uh, and the ISO is responsible for that and then they their main job is to make sh is to help with minimizing the risk to the organization so I hope that answers your question that's the difference between between those two things and uh, I've actually had a taste of both of those uh, mostly ISO work uh, is the ISSM is is when somebody they have people underneath them so and okay he says I have one last question I always look to progress in my career and what would be the next step you would recommend after being an ISO so it really depends for from the ISO you can do a couple different things it really depends on what you want to do you can you can go into management. You can go from an ISO to an information system security manager and then have people underneath you. You could, from ISO work, you can go into, you can even, if you want to be more technical, uh, go into system security engineering where you're actually helping the organization to put or uh, put uh, put the network together. You know, where you can go into information system security architecture 
and that's on a like a grander scale of helping the whole organization build an enterprise and how uh, how much does it cost and do we have the funding for it and does it meet our requirements and do we have the proper level of encryption what actual vendors are we going to go through uh, you can also do um, you can also do ethical hacking you can go there's many different branches because you as an ISO, the beautiful thing about it is that you're touching so many different things that you can go super technical if you want, or you can go into the management space, or you can even go into like program management where you're not really doing IT stuff, more like you're managing the projects of IT. So it it what I would do is once you get your job, once you start your work, You'll see avenues open up and doors app open up. That's what will happen when you get to your organization. You'll see these different paths open up. And um, I would suggest like learn as much as you can. Like if they offer you, you get in, you're an ISO and they say, hey, hey S, would you like to help us out with doing um, mock data monitoring? Or would you like to help us do uh, with this scene, with the security information event manager? We need somebody to help us out with that. Or, hey, S, we want you to uh, help us build this firewall. Or could you look at these firewall logs? You know, sit down with us and, and help us. Anything that they do to uh, add to your resume, anything they do to add to your skill set, do it. Because everything you learn is money. That's how I think about it. And that's why I never turned any of the, these things down. And that's why I'm like, I have so many things that I've done because I don't turn the stuff down. If they say, hey... Hey Bruce, do you we want you to do ArcSight. Are you are you up for that? I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and then they'll teach you. Like you they that's free courses, free classes, free, you know, hands-on mentorship, everything. And so I would have like 2-3 years of experience just doing ArcSight. I built ArcSight from scratch cuz I didn't turn down the experience of doing it. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Got another question. from Yannick first says can you help a little about how to conduct a proper assessment as a uh, CSA I've been thinking about this I've been getting a few questions about doing this and uh, I actually do these assessments this is actually part of my job um, and I've done them in the past I've done self-assessments I've done um, external assessments internal assessments um, interviews i've done scanning i've done all that everything all that stuff so i'm thinking about doing a course on uh, csa but can we tell you can i tell you a little bit about how to pro do a proper assessment yes i totally can talk about this all right so it depends on the type of assessment first of all there's different kinds of assessments and i break it up into like two main kinds um, really three there's three main kinds the first one is like a self-assessment that's like you are an ISO or you are a system security analyst or a system security cybersecurity person in your organization and you you manage you are overseeing uh, 20 different systems right like the or a floor of systems and you are the security guy for that those systems and you know you're having an inspection soon and you want to make sure that you don't have any crazy vulnerabilities out there so you would conduct a self-assessment meaning you would run your own scan and look at your own data you would interview people who are 
are sitting on the laptops and desktops and say and ask them if they know the security policies. You would um, ask them um, to sit down and let you know. Like you would sit down with the security administrators or system administrator and say, "Hey, let's make sure the audit logs are on." So there's a self-assessment. There's an internal organizational assessment. That's where somebody from your organization comes from another unit, comes over, and they scan your network. They do interviews. They conduct all that stuff. Then the last one is like a third party where another outside organization, let's, let's say you work at Oracle, and Oracle has a huge contract with the federal government, and you have an outside organization from the Department of Homeland Security come in and do a, um, a quick audit of your network, an IG inspection. And they're doing outside networks. They look doing it to the inside scans of your network, and then they're looking at your policies, your your GPOs. They're doing interviews and stuff like that. So those are the three kinds of uh, of assessments that you can do, right? And there's many other kinds that are not even technical, or there's management ones or whatever, right? But we're not talking about those. We're talking about these three. How do you do it? I'll. I'll Explain it as simple as possible. Number one, you do what's called a you do a plan, a uh, security assessment plan. The security assessment plan breaks down the who, what, when, where, and why of the actual assessment you're going to do. Now, obviously, if you have an, uh, a self-assessment and you're just doing it for your own purposes to prepare your network for a ongoing uh, IG inspection or something you probably don't need to do a security uh, assessment plan. But if you're if you're doing an annual security assessment plan, yeah, you need to do um, a, an, a, a, some documentation for you talking about who is going to conduct it, when is it going to be conducted, what are you going, what's the scope of the, um, of the assessment, uh, meaning are you just doing scanning systems or are you looking at documentation policies and po policies and procedures are you going to do a physical walkthrough? Are you doing wireless? What are you doing? That's the scope. And then when are you doing it? And who does this go to? Once you once you're done with it, who does it? Where does it? You're gonna save it, right? And in all three of the types of assessment, that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna do a security assessment plan. Once you have the security assessment plan and it's all documented, the next step is to actually implement the security assessment plan. When you implement it. If you have to meet with anybody, you're going to schedule when you're going to actually conduct the actual assessment. And that means you need to send them the actual plan and say, here's the plan. And usually when you give them the plan, they can send you any information that you need to do the assessment. Or uh, that includes approvals. That includes guest lists. Like if you need to get them on a guest list or you need to go to their facility and do a guest list there, then you need to set all that stuff up. And then finally, you implement all that stuff, you do the scan, you do the interviews, and then all of those reports go up to whoever's gonna have the final say-so on the, whoever accepts the risk, that which would be your head of agency or the CIO or uh, information system security manager, 